It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, November 25th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that hopes you're not still dealing with that food coma after Thanksgiving yesterday. It should never last that long. <laughs> All right, let's get the show going. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Locked On Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date with our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, you know, we've had a little bit of a, a break with some good food and family and friends. And so we want to just like take a step back and say, okay, what are the biggest problems with the Flyers? And what can we do about them? And then we will get into a preview of the two weekend matchups against the Pittsburgh Penguins and New York Islanders. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so you can look at our smiling faces over there as well. Russ, I do have one interesting question before we get going on the Flyers. Uh, Our good friend Ian over at Locked On Bruins suggested that, especially in Canada, there should be NHL hockey on Thanksgiving because, you know, their Thanksgiving is a different day. And so it's just kind of a regular weekday for them and that it wouldn't conflict in Canada with American football. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, there's a a time, I would say a gap where you have the eight o'clock game for football, even in the States and the four o'clock game. So if you had like a six o'clock hockey game, I think that's fine because, again, not everybody's going to stick with that 4 o'clock game. There's another game at 8. Your game's just about over at 8. It does satisfy everybody in Canada having an evening game. I think it's a good idea. I don't see why they don't do it. But, again, they're not going to do it just because they just feel like it's the NFL's day and they just have given it up. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting conversation to be had, though. Yeah, I do think you could have a good Canadian matchup on yeah. that day, and that would work out really well. Uh, shifting gears to talk about the Flyers, like I said in the intro, there's some fundamental issues with the Flyers right now. And so I thought we'd talk about some of them and whether or not they're fixable and what we would do about it. I think that one of the top issues for me anyway, is the power play. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's been absolutely dreadful. And I think to some degree it's cost them games. Like if they'd scored a power play goal in several games, they at least would have been in them right better. You know, it would give them a better chance to win. It wouldn't put as much pressure on the goaltending to steal games. And I think my biggest hope and wish is that, 
when you're using Tony D'Angelo in the power play, like he is good at it in terms of, you know, going across the blue line. I mm-hmm. think that he takes some good shots, but his defensive woes and when he takes a big shot or somebody else takes a big shot it leaves them really vulnerable defensively and that's when you see like uh, we saw in the caps game you know teams getting shots on goal the other way shorthanded because there's a lapse in the defensive side of things so i would like to see him play on a power play where he still does the same role but there's another defenseman out there with him that it's the three forward two defenseman style of power play as much as i in the grand scheme of things would prefer a five forward power play mm-hmm. if you have the personnel to do it. I don't think the Flyers do right now. They and don't. I would maybe put a Travis Sanheim or a Justin Braun even, I got to say, out there with him. Yeah, I like the idea of Sanheim. Uh, yeah, D'Angelo's a good passer. His shot could be a little more accurate too, and, and he could use it a little more. Like he, he's been a little tentative at times on power plays and just been too quick to pass it. It's like you do have to sort of look at the personnel and say, all right, I'm one of the best guys in this power play. I've kind of have to drive the offense and he's not really done that. So I agree. Having Sandheim out there would be good. Uh, I think that would work. I mean, again, we've talked about Owen Tippett being on the wrong side. I don't know how long they're going to do that for, but you're just minimizing the guy's one timer makes no sense. You know, they, they've, they've got issues with it, but I'm trying to tell people they have enough personnel that to score on a power play. I don't want to hear excuses that they don't. There's there's enough guys there, enough talent there to score on the power play. Uh, but you're right as far as defensively. If they shored that up a bit, that would help on the other end. Yeah, I think the other observation is I feel like I've been seeing that slingshot pass more and more. This, yeah. This and, and, you know, we saw it a lot last year. It kind of became a, a running joke for me personally, like a drinking game. But I, I think that I don't like it for the Flyers for the main reason that they have trouble getting through the neutral zone in general. And so when you're trying to depend on one guy skating fast through the neutral zone, in, in this case, you're giving other teams a chance to set up three guys pretty solidly in the back half of the neutral zone. And the Flyers are not a team that can get through like that. They need a multiplayer rush. Yeah, I think they do too. But, you know, the worst part is when they're doing the slingshot, a lot of times now Hayes is bringing the puck up. There's nobody on the other team that's worried about Kevin Hayes going end to end. So he's the wrong guy to do it. The idea of the slingshot is if you have someone, I'll just use a guy like Quinn Hughes. Well, you're worried about Quinn Hughes actually – you know, breaking into your territory and and going to the net. You're not worried about Hayes doing that. So you got to use somebody else. Yeah. With Travis Konechny in in the lineup, sure, you can give it to him. He's a guy that can do it. Right. I think even Tippett could get away with it. Frost definitely could get away with it. Um, There's other guys that at least have more moves that you would say, all right, the other team has to sort of, you know, look out for that. But they've got the wrong guy doing it. And it's just, again, what we're seeing here is basically a coaching staff that has a philosophy and is putting all the veterans in the roles that they feel like are are key for them to fill, but not all the veterans are the guys you should be using for it. And and that's the, the real issue here is it's not like the young guys aren't getting a chance. It's not that. It's just that the young guys are not, other than Noah Cates, really none of them are being put in 
better positions for their talent. They're just going with the veterans, and it's not working. They're not that much better than last year. I mean, other than saying there's a better effort, the record's not going to be – it's it's not that much better right now. Totally with you there. On I, I think the other main issue for me is just getting and keeping possession yeah. in order to create – offensive opportunities for them. And I struggle a little bit with, can anything be done about this with the current Flyers personnel that we have? And I think part of the problem there is that the Flyers are not getting puck support for the breakouts, that they're getting the puck and they're not, you know, really having an effective way to do their breakouts in a way that's going to surprise the other team or at least get a jump on the other team. Uh, But what is your take on that? Well, my take on that is, first thing is, you have to realize as a coaching staff that when we're facing a faster team, if you're getting guys, and and I've seen McEwen do this, and I've seen others do this, if you're going to just throw the puck into your own end, you've got to throw it in where you feel like your guy has a chance of getting it. If there's nobody in the corner and the other team's faster, they're going to get it first. They're going to get the puck and they're going to get it out of your zone and go up the other way and, you know, get out of the offensive zone rather and bring it up the other way and try and score. I just feel like if you want to get offensive zone possession, you've got to throw it in the corner where your guys are close and can start, you know, pinning it against the boards and start setting up. I don't see them doing that enough all I right. see are just these blind dumpins, and it doesn't do anything for possession. It's like you wish that somebody, and again, I think this is where Torts fighting the analytics is bad. You wish that you know that somebody would show the players, and it would have to be Torts, that hey, every time you lose the puck, this is the amount of time it takes for us to get it back, because I think that's what's really killing them. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's that in combination of just like not being smart about the hits that they throw. I think, you know, obviously they're good at hits. They have guys mm-hmm. that do that, but they're not using them effectively to change possession and then keep possession, right? They're not throwing hits to keep somebody from interfering with somebody taking the puck off the ice, you know? Right. They're, Sometimes they're just... you just see the hit against the boards and it's right. high up and it maybe right. it is in your own end and you're defending, but it's high up. Up and it had no bearing on where the puck was going. I see that. I see that out of uh, Ristolainen. I see that out of Delorier. I, I do see that. Now, Delorier had a good game last game. It was finally a game where I could say I, I felt like he was pretty effective. But, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, you're right. Um, the other thing that's driving me crazy about this team are the offensive zone penalties. Like, it's just, listen, you've got the puck in the offensive zone why are you tripping somebody? Why are you, you know what I mean? I get it. I see you want to get a goal, but there's other ways to do this. And those penalties are a killer, again, because the, the Flyers' zone time isn't very good. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got more of those things to talk about to try and improve this team coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports, and of course, the NHL. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. 
Bet online where the game starts. Check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app and wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, I think, you know, obviously it's not utilized as often, but probably more often than we would like. The three-on-three overtime has been a struggle for the Flyers. And, you know, like we said in our recap of the Caps game, it's either they're holding on to the puck and doing nothing with it, or they can't get possession of the puck. It's like nothing in between right right now. So I think, you know, for me, I, I would just focus on taking more shots, but good shots, not the big wind-up shots that they're going to make yeah, a break the out the other way. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to have the speed to be able to recover for that. If it, if it doesn't go back to one of your guys, you're right. And that's something where I think they're missing the boat on, but I, I honestly here, if I could go with three on three, if it's going to be against the penguins, I'm going with Provorov, Cates and Tippett. I'm going with my defenseman who uh, has a, is good skating, but also a good head on his shoulders as far as seeing where plays go. I'm going to have Cates, who right now is their best defensive forward, who has some offense in his game. And then I have Tippett, so I have the big shot, so he can take the big shot. I think that's the way I would go. Uh, going with what they went with the other day made no sense. They never touched the puck. I mean, right now, if I were the coaching staff, I would be like, if we're if this is a game that's three minutes to go and it's a tie game, I'd be like, we got to win this game. Right. No, I mean, that's exactly the way I would say it. I wouldn't say we don't want to go to three, but I'd be like, listen, pull out all stops to win this game because it's demoralizing for this team to go to three on three and continue to lose. That's why Torch brought up the losing thing the other day because it doesn't matter. The point doesn't matter, right? The point doesn't matter because they're not making the playoffs. But what does matter is winning and losing, and it does get demoralizing after a while. And again, you're going to go up in three on three if it happens against Crosby, Malkin, Latang. Like, you don't want to go there. You do not. That is true. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. I think, you know, you try to win these games in regulation. And if you can't, you got to put guys out there who are going to be smarter about it and more yeah. effective. And uh, Kevin Hayes is is not that guy right now. And no. he's been put out there on three versus three. And I, I, I don't like it personally. And, and I've seen this on Twitter power pay pro- problem with Tony D'Angelo on the defensive side. Yeah, I, it, it is. I I've seen this on Twitter where they're like, well, you know, Torch is putting him out there because he's the highest point guy, but this is a different animal. This has nothing to do with how he's getting points. He's not yeah. set up for, for that. You're right. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, some more minor issues. I might put Risto back with Sandheim. I think it's I would. Yeah, I just think he needs to. He is stepping up a little bit, um, but Mm -hmm. I think he needs to be back with his regular partner to be the most effective just because he's like the muscle memory is there. So I I would do that. It just seems like this coaching staff is fighting that. And the problem is by putting Braun up, you're getting more penalties out of Braun because he just can't do it for an entire game. I, I would say, and I don't know this for sure, but at the last couple of games, his penalties have picked up. 
Yeah, I think as they so played too. these tougher teams. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a couple of games this weekend back to back, starting with the Pens that we've been talking about already. And uh, the Pens have won four in a row. So, you know, they're doing all right as of late. Man, their most recent game against the Flames was actually a really fun game to watch. They were celebrating Malkin's thousandth NHL game. He wound up winning it in the shootout for them. And uh, so it was a pretty special night, I got to say. You know, I don't know if like being in Pittsburgh is like (laughs) rubbing off on me or something, but I'm like feeling okay about the bins right now. Um, But they also shut out the Blackhawks, shut out the Jets. They won against the Blackhawks and the Wild. Yeah, and the Jets have been playing well, so. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they had a bit of a rocky start to the season. Um, There was like a lull there where they weren't winning at all, but they seem to be back on track. And they're just above the Flyers now in the standings. They're trending well, though, 6-3-1 and in their last 10. And, of course, we know, like, they've got the the big guns on the Pens who still seem to be playing well, despite, uh, you know, their aging. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like the aging is like insignificant uh, for these guys. It'll eventually catch up to them, but it's not this year. Yeah. So, you know, Crosby's got 27 points so far this season. You know, not too shabby. Malkin's got 20 points, uh, which is far and above anybody on the Flyers right now. Yeah. I mean, so. the first big question is who's covering Crosby? Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, who who are you putting to cover Crosby? I mean, if it's Hayes, yeah, you could lean on him a little bit physically. If it's Cates, he's going to get used a little bit because of his inexperience. Like, there is no good matchup against Crosby. And that's. And I miss Sean Couturier. (laughs) Yeah. This is where you miss Sean Couturier or just having a good defensive center, which they really don't. Um, Even with, you know, you know, if it were Scott Lawton, if he were healthy, all right, maybe he could do a little bit. But this is going to be a big hole in their matchups it's it's to do that and again um just to point out how forechecking is fine having a good forecheck is fine fighting once in a while is fine it didn't work against the capitals i don't think it's going to work against the penguins either because they have guys that are willing to do that but then they also have the other stuff to back it up like it's just you have to you know watch out for that because again you put this team on the power play too much you're asking for trouble. Even if it's not doing well, Latang, Crosby, Rust, uh, they're going to cancel. Those guys are going to wake up against Philly. They're always, it's always going to be like that. So to me, I would rather try and be on the offensive as much as I can. Uh, if I have to forecheck to do it, that's fine. But also, I got to get back on defense. I do have to help my goalie because he's going to be under siege today. Yes, that is definitely true. Yeah, I think, you know, the problem for me with the going up against the Pens with the personnel that the Flyers have right now is that the Pens have two rock solid lines. And so you can only put like the top defensive guys out there against one of them. Right. So we have this Malkin line with Zucker and Rust that is just as lethal as the top line with Crosby. Right. And I I think that puts them in in a difficult position where you're like, oh, are we putting, you know, Patrick Brown out there against one of them? Is Sedlak? Sedlak, I I don't know that he could cover them either. So I just kind of worry about the the pens having again those two lines 
out there as well. And, you know, Tristan Jerry seems to be back on his game to yeah. a large degree right now. So it's not going to be, you know, quite as easy to score against this team, you know, even like getting lucky. I think Jari has been coming up big recently. Yeah. See, this is again, and I don't want to harp on it too much because I'll hear about it, but it, I, I have to, um, this is where you'd like to at least see D'Angelo step up offensively because defensively, I mean, listen to his last five games, minus one, minus three, minus one, minus one, minus one. And he always had one point in those games. Like the whole point of Tony D'Angelo is if he's going to be a minus for that, I got to have points on the plus side that are helping my team. That's not happening. He's got yeah. 10 points in 20 games. Like he's got to do more for that. He didn't get 5 million bucks just to kind of play 30 minutes a game and get occasional points. Like he got 5 million bucks because, you know, they expect him to get 50 or 60 points this year and he's not on pace for that. Now, I think, you know, if we think about what we said about the power play, right, I think we have to put Tony D'Angelo in a position to do what he does best yes, and do it well. And so if he has more defensive support so he can, you know, do his thing offensively, I mean, it sounds terrible to say that about a defenseman, right? It's in the name of the position. I know, but it's just the way it is. But it's, yeah, it is, that's his game. And like, let's make the best of what he can do. And I think against the Pens, it would be possible. Uh, But again, we just have to get that defensive support out there. So I think Provy's going to have a tough game because he's going to have a lot of responsibilities in this one. Yeah, he's going to have a lot of responsibilities. And look, he'll do a good job. He's used to it. they might keep this game close for a while. That's fine. But again, the deeper you go into this game, if you're not like three goals ahead, you're in trouble. You're yeah. we're all going to be. And, and listen, every fan, every media person is just going to wait for that shoe to drop for them to come back in this game and tie it or eventually win it. So, you, you know, this is a chance for the team to kind of turn that around. If they don't, like we talked about, this, everything gets slipperier. You know, then you got to go against the Islanders who always are, even when the Islanders were bad, they were always a tough rival. If Sorokin's in net, right now he's the best goalie in the league statistically. Like, that's what you're looking at. So, like, you know, what's going to what's gonna do it for you? You can't always, you know, it's whoever you have on the ice, it's up to the coaching staff to utilize them best. And honestly, they haven't been doing that. Right. Well, you mentioned the Islanders. Uh, They are the second half of the back-to-back, and we're going to talk about them coming up next. Russ, we have a home-and-home against the New York Islanders starting on Saturday. So it's up on Long Island on Saturday and then at home on Tuesday. And uh, both teams will be on the back half of a a back-to-back, obviously with the Black Friday schedule in the NHL being bonkers. Pretty much everybody is playing uh, that day. So both the Isles and the Flyers will be playing tired. The Isles are playing Columbus today. Uh, I think they have a pretty good shot of winning that game against Columbus. But uh, right before that, they shut out the Edmonton Oilers. Sorokin had 49 saves in that game, just playing out of his mind in that Yeah, that one. was an Islander record for a shutout, most saves. Um, so yeah. that was, yeah, really imp- impressive. Uh, my guess, and I don't know for sure, but they probably play Varlamov against Columbus because they want to maybe play Sorokin at home. Uh, yeah. 
that would be my guess. So I don't think the Flyers are going to get a break that way. Uh, Matt Barzell is having a really fine season. He's more than a point a game. You've got the same old guys. Well, Barzell struggled with getting goals. He had a ton of assists. But he's not a goal guy. He's just not. No, but still, I think that was kind of hanging over him for a while. And it was like this running thing with Islanders fans. I think it was just with fans. But he did. He did. He did. Yeah. But this is just with fans. Again, if you go back and look at Matt Barzell's career, he's not going to score goals. Again, I'm tired of watching people slow down video and say, look, look, see if he just shot it there, he could have had a goal. But you're gonna you're now gonna tinker with the whole way this guy thinks and the whole way this guy plays to get like five extra goals in the season where he's gonna get a mountain of assists. You don't mess with it. If he gets you goals, he gets you goals. You don't look for goals out of you know out of a guy that's inherently a pass first guy. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. I just and people act like it's easy. But again, they're not a high scoring team. But guys like right. Noah Dobson who can really move the puck from the blue line have been doing great. You have Pulak with a great shot on the power play. Mayfield always plays tough, borderline dirty. That's that's what he does. Kazikas is always dirty, and he Listen. always. <laughs> that fourth line on the Islanders oh, yeah. bugs me so much. And they always seem to get one against the Flyers. Like Matt Martin and Casey Sezekis always yeah. seem to, like one of them at least, always seems to score. Yeah, they're like the, the handsome Flyers. brothers against the Flyers. Oh, they are. They are. They really are. Uh, but yeah, the Islanders have been in a period right now this season where they're winning the games they should win occasionally surprising yes. with a win against a tough team and you know occasionally having a loss against a weak team i think they got shut right. out by arizona yeah they're not dominant uh, like they were a couple right years ago. right but you know they're playing solid hockey and they're in second place in the division right you know below the devils and they're six and four in their last 10. So they're kind of doing mostly the right things and winning when they're supposed to, which is really, you know, what you want out of a team. Yeah. My, my hope here would be um, even though the flyers have a tough schedule here is if you know, you have to face Sorokin, do some film study, see, and again, he's playing like the best goalie in the league. So just putting shots on net is not going to do it you got to see what he's being more susceptible to. If it's high glove, then go high glove a lot in that game. You're gonna, you have to do something like that if you want to beat that guy. Otherwise, you're just going to hear at the end of the game, well, it was Ilya Sorokin's game. Well, great. You know, but, you know, once in a while, those guys lose too, so. Right. So my question is, does Kiefer Bellows check into that game and does he get a revenge tour? I mean, I would do it, but this is torts. He may not. But I right. would certainly do it. I mean, it would be the ideal time to put Kiefer Bellows in, and I would move him up. I would probably put him on the second line just for a little while just so he has a little bit better chance of scoring early and maybe trying to change the momentum. If he doesn't do well, drop him back down. I get it. Right. But I, right. But I have to do something to try and play with them with their heads mentally. Absolutely. Let him go out there and be physical. Yeah, I, I think that's the the right call just because guys, you know, who get waived when they play their former teams, there's just yeah. an extra energy there. Mm -hmm. And I think he is, you know, while he's been a mixed bag with the Flyers so far, I think this is the kind of game where he will step up for it and excel. So I think you're right. Play him up a little bit, but, you know, and give him a chance to succeed. But, you know, don't be afraid to put him back down to the fourth line if if he's not. 
Yeah, and I would still try and put the Cates brothers together. I mean, yeah. like I said, Jackson had did really well towards the end of that game, had a really good scoring chance. You never know when you put two brothers together, the kind of uh, cognitive edge that they have on the ice because they know where the other one's going. It's not the Sedins. Listen, I know that. Right? <laughs> but there's still something there because they're used to playing with each other so much. Why not try Absolutely. and take advantage of that? All right. Well, we'll see how the Flyers do in this back-to-back this weekend. We'll be back on Monday to talk about it. Uh, Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, of course, Gritty participated with the other Philadelphia mascots in the Philadelphia Thanksgiving Parade, put on his turkey costume, which I love. It just looks so goofy because Gritty looks goofy to begin with, and then you add this like turkey hat. It's really funny. Well, he's but got the build some... of a turkey, though, so he's got he that. Does. He does. And I think the photos were actually really quite good, like in striking. Yeah. In a, in an yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the art museum step photo, I think, is like pretty money. I really like that one a lot. Yeah, I mean, look, he's the, he's the best mascot in town. I mean, that's not saying much for the other guys. I don't know. Is it Swoop? Is that who... Uh... The is fanatic? This, you don't think the fanatic is the best mascot? The fanatic's kind of gotten old. No, I don't. I think wow. the fanatic's gotten old. I think he's. I think the fanatic's a little off. Enemies with. That I don't one. care. I think the fanatic's <laughs> a little off his game. I like the fanatic. Look, nothing. I was at the game where Noah Syndergaard stole his cart, and of course, eventually became a you know Philly, and that that was funny. Right. I like all that stuff, but I'm just saying. I think the fanatic's a little off his game, and as much as I dislike Gritty, I think he's moved ahead of him. All right. That is the hot take of the day from Russ. That'll do it for today's show. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send your questions via Twitter or Instagram at Locked On Flyers. You can email us at Locked On Flyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everybody.